Hi everyone, welcome to episode 64 of The Music Room. This is all about collaboration. I'm really excited to bring my friends and colleagues on the show, Ashley Ellerman and Sarah King. I have had so much fun collaborating with them this year. So I'm bringing them on just to talk through what has worked for us, what's important in collaboration, and more. Here's the show. I am so excited to be talking to my friends and colleagues, Ashley Ellerman and Sarah King. So Ashley, we'll start first with you. Can you tell us about you and your music education journey? Yeah, for sure. I think I'm the fresh bean of the group. I've been teaching for, this is already the bonus question, right? I think five and a half years. I always get tripped up on that one because I forget about the half. My journey so far, I'm I'm in my second year at Olin Tangi with you, Aileen and Sarah. But before that, I was at a charter school in Columbus, Ohio, called the Columbus Preparatory Academy. And I was there for two and a half years. And then before that, that's when I graduated from Ohio State University with my bachelor's in music education. So I'm a fresh bean. That's pretty much my journey so far. (laughs) All right. And just tell us a little bit about your aerial experience. Oh, well, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Aside from... uh, wasn't sure if I was going into my separate life here, right? <laughs> my, my side gig. No, I'm also an aerial instructor and a and an aerial performer as well as a stilt walker. I'm sort of in like a little circus. They work, they're called the Amazing Giants and they're in Columbus. Yeah, so I perform with them and also I'm in a, a youth and adult instructor for aerial classes as well. So cool. All <laughs> right. Sarah, tell us about you and your music educator journey. All right. I went to school in Wisconsin at Lawrence University and graduated in 2011, which means that, what, this is my 10th year, ninth year teaching, ninth year teaching. So I taught in Wisconsin for a little bit and then in Columbus, and I got um, hired in Olentangy three years ago. Yes, this is my third year in Olentangy. So I don't do anything cool outside of school, though. Oh, sorry. I did not know that it was your third year. I thought you'd been in the district forever. See, we're learning about each other right now. <laughs> I was awesome. going to say, Sarah, you have some Delcros experience, right? Oh, I do. Yes. my I grew up with Delcros that my mom is one of the founding members of American Eurythmic Society. And I am in her kitchen right now. So cool. All right. So I wanted to bring you two onto the show because I've had so much fun getting to know you and collaborating with you this year because the three of us are all doing what we call in our district CDL or committed distance learning. And it's just been such a joy to collaborate with you. So before we start talking about our collaboration this year, I thought we would look back on previous years. So how have you collaborated with other music teachers before this year? So when I first started teaching, I was alone. I was the only person at my school. Is that how you were too, Sarah? Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was just so interesting to look back because when I think about, and I know I've talked to you about this, Helene, but you didn't know this, but you were my person that I obviously reached out to, right? I found all of your blogs and your Teachers Pay Teachers and you supported me not knowing in my first years of teaching. So even though we weren't directly collaborating, you definitely helped me with some <laughs> collaboration right from the start. Right. Awesome. I was alone. So I I think the main thing that I did was just seek out other educators at that point outside of my district, which was really hard. But I would go to workshops with local chapters and get to know people there, which really helped. Then once I got to Olentangy, that's where I really started seeing collaboration as a travel teacher going to each school. So I feel like every year it's kind of grown a little bit, but this year's put the cherry on top. I feel like I've collaborated more in committed distance learning than I have in the building, which is crazy to think about. But I don't know. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, I am. 
just like you, I was alone. You're the only music teacher in the building. And I know like a lot of people have that same experience because mm-hmm. like you just see on, you know, Facebook general music teacher posts, they're like, I don't have anybody to talk to. And that was me for five years. And you know, you can go next door and like talk to the art teacher, but it's not the same. No. And the years that I was in Columbus schools, we had one meeting together as a music team, maybe two. And then it got a little better in my later years. But yeah, Olentangy schools are like the first time that I had another music teacher. So that's really great. And then just like Ashley, like this year has been fantastic. Yeah. Yes, it has been. been awesome. So this was way back in my first year of teaching, was which was a really long time ago. I taught in Michigan for two years in like the Metro Detroit area in Utica. And we had a meeting every single week with all of the other music teachers in the district. And the district was about the same, like very similar size to Olentangy. So a big district with lots of teachers. And it was built into the schedule during the school day. It wasn't even like before school. That's so amazing. like, I know. I didn't realize how awesome that was. That's treating you like how classroom teachers get treated. And yes. that like you have that collaboration every week. And yeah. I mean, like once I was in Olentangy and I shared a wall with Renee, it was like, you know, we would just yell through the door at each other. But it's not like we had scheduled time in our um, right. in our days to like sit down and meet together. So yeah. And that's really the first time I started like sharing ideas with other music teachers is during a meeting. So I went from that situation where like every week we had collaboration and then I taught in Lancaster, Ohio. And that was kind of like, yeah, we would just meet a few times a year and there wasn't really anybody else at the building except for you. And then coming to Olentangy, there was definitely a lot more collaboration. Katie, who's been on the podcast several times, she has been at my building for a few years. We've collaborated with things like Google Docs. I don't know if either one of you have used that for collaboration. And we've also used Airtable which is like a free website. That's a really cool organizational. It's kind of like Google Sheets, but better because you can like insert pictures as attachments. Uh, Sarah, you look excited. (laughs) Okay, Aileen, in that class we're taking, Uh what what was the one? Google Keep, I think. Did you look at that yet? Yeah, I was actually going to, yes, I was going to talk about that as a tool later on in this episode. Yeah, because it's, I think it would be awesome for collaboration. I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah, it's really cool. So yeah, I use Google Docs and obviously conversations, which we can't have in-person conversations this year, but that's how I've done it before. So now that we've talked about what we've done before. Can I chime in first and say, because it's kind of on the category of that question, I totally forget that people don't have this experience. And now that you all are talking about, you know, having your music meetings or things like that, in my first school, I failed to mention that I was on a cart. I was a cart teacher. So what happened is all of the specials, special area teachers, gym, art, and music were on a cart. And so we didn't have any room. So where did they put us, right? They gave us our own room, but it was our office. So all of us were in the office together, which was actually really cool because this isn't to like toot a horn or anything because it had its good and its bad, but we had like a two hour lunch break, which was crazy. We also had a really long day. It was like from six to like four. It was a really long day. And so in the middle, yeah, it was, it was a strange schedule. And so we had this two hour lunch break in the middle and I forget how I didn't realize how much I valued that time of collaborating just with other educators Mm -hmm. in two hours every single day. And we'd all come in and we hoot and holler and we'd be like, oh man, this class did this and this class did this because we also all share classes. So not only were we able to like collaborate, not necessarily on our subject, we did pass ideas back and forth, but almost collaborate more in classroom management. 
which was so interesting and gained good friendships. But I forget that that I lived that setup because it's very unusual. So I just wanted to chime in because that's like a different instance of collaboration with a team. When I spoke earlier, I was like, oh, I didn't have any other music teachers. Well, I didn't, but I had a ton of other teachers that I collaborated with. So yeah. (laughs) All right. So now that we've talked about what collaboration has looked like in the past, let's talk about what it looks like this year. How has it been different? The big, the big whammy. Here's the word, Marco Polo. (laughs) (laughs) Two words? Sorry. Not in the app app, though. It's like a one word app, right? I think it's Marco Polo, like one word for the app. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. It's an exciting one or two words. Nope. It is two words. You know, it's been a long day. (laughs) Sorry. The bonus two words of the year are Marco Polo. (laughs) Yeah. It's that application that we've been using all year. I feel like that's the big difference. I mentioned his name earlier, Jason Bash. He put me on it last year because we used to throw each other just songs. So be like, how's that song go again? And you would just sing it and then you'd have it. Him and Renee used it. Did you and Renee use it? Yeah, yeah. Renee introduced me to it. Okay. I was wondering if it would come full circle with you because you you're at you were at her school. So yeah, it was just this kind of thing. And I messaged Aileen and I was like, we should get a Marco Polo. And the black hole began. No, it's great. <laughs> I mean, that's I think the biggest thing that's different. I went into this year thinking that I was not really gonna talk to anyone. I was gonna be alone. I was gonna have to do all this stuff by myself. But the second we created that communication outlet it was like smooth sailing from then on out yeah and what's the trick that you taught us which I think is great is like sometimes okay so with Marco Polo the idea is like you're taking a video of yourself but it's real time so like if I start recording a video to the two of you then you can hop right on there and see me talking live or you could watch it later so like if you say something silly it's what it is you know and you can't go back and re-record but sometimes we're just chatting with each other but a lot of times we are collaborating and you know shooting ideas off of each other but the trick that Ashley taught us was to like, let's say, oh, I have this song that's great that you should try with your kids. She taught us to put the title so you can add text onto the Marco Polo. So you can, you know, add the title of the song and then sing the song. And then as you're going through the Marco Polos, you can see, oh, there's the song because it has a title on there. Yeah, my, I mean, Marco Polo is fantastic. The the one thing like that is helpful that you can add the song title, but I mean, especially if you're like us and you talk multiple times a day and <laughs> Pull probably like 20, 30, 40 messages a day, uh, which is fantastic. Like it is definitely hard to scroll back. Like, yes. you know, if we were going to look back, oh, what song did you sing for us in December? It doesn't exactly have a great search function, but I just say, hey, what was that song you sang for me in December? And you sing it again. So <laughs> right. I wonder if there's, we don't, we don't use premium, you know, like we don't, we don't what if it has that? We have to look. Anyone out there? $75 a year. I don't know. That's just, (laughs) it's a lot, but I'm like, maybe that's where it is. All that good stuff. We get our schools to to pay for Marco Polo for their collaboration. I promise. We've also been using Google Drive to just share lessons, share Google Slides. I'm trying to think of what else we've learned. And we set up a Schoology, the SPL Music Teacher Schoology, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And Google Drive, like, okay, Aileen, this is me being a little sheepish saying this, but the shared folder has been there for years. And I know that, but it's also like, there's so many good things in there, but I wouldn't know what to search for and so like yes I know there's great things on teaching like introducing half note but I I have been bad about using that so this year it's really great that I can say like hey where is this lesson and you I just get it sent to me it's one of those things where you think about it and you say okay I know that this exists out there 
and I'm sure that I could probably dig for it, but is it worth my time to rather dig for it or just create it myself in this 15 minutes that I have before my lesson starts? It's like, and that's how I feel like I always am. So I love Marco Polo this year because it is exactly that. You're like, okay, I'm at least going to shoot a message to them to see if they have it right on hand and, you know, preach to the choir and see who responds. But then in the meantime, while I'm waiting, I'm still going to create it myself just in case, you know, it's like, you just kind of throw out all your lines, your fishing lines, see what, see what bites. Mm -hmm. what I really appreciated about the two of you is that your like school experience is so different than mine that the two of you between the two of you you know a bunch of songs that I've never heard before so that's been super I think it is so funny because I would say my music education my probably like my college experience I didn't go very deep into the Kodai world and so some of these songs that Aileen is like well everybody knows this song (laughs) sorry like I've never heard that in my life and I I think I just separated myself from that in college and so it's funny that you know 10 years later we still you know we've been teaching in the same district and we've been teaching but like are doing completely different songs and it's so great to learn new things all the time yeah i've learned some really great great songs from like the gnome song oh oh my gosh i'm so excited to do that we'll we'll uh i'll link to that in the show notes so for people listening if you go to mrs miracles music room.com slash podcast and then if you click on episode 64 then you will find the show notes Sarah found this awesome scratch activity for a song called Six Little Gnomes, which is like so infectious. Like once you hear it stuck in your head. Called the humming song. Oh, really? That's what I found when I went to search it was most often referred to as the humming song. And it has like these little ostinati with like ta, titi, and rest that you can play on different instruments as you're listening to the song. So cool. Yeah. And my uh, second graders have been doing it on, we call them our found instruments. Mm-hmm. You know, you sing a song and they have to like look around, look around and see if you can find something that makes sound. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So along the, those lines of fun ideas, which collaborative ideas or activities have you been the most excited about this year? I'm excited about our around the world unit. It's coming up. We haven't started it yet, but whew, I feel like that was the most collaboration between myself and you, Aileen, just for the, the people listening. Our schedule kind of got wackadoodle this next semester we were like so tight-knit with sarah and then sarah had to go into the land of third fourth fifth and we teach kindergarten first and second so we've been putting together this around the world unit for them i think that that was the most equal collaboration and just like i'm most excited for that there just looks it just looks so exciting and fun and yeah there's so much in it and i was really proud of myself for making the passport So just an overview of the project for people who are listening, we created two choice boards of five countries each that have like passport stamps for Kenya or United States or Mexico or whatever. And the students get to choose a country and then there are four things they do with that country. They can listen to a song from that country. They see where it is on a map. We have it set up in Google Tour Creator right now, but I did with that class that Sarah and I are taking, I figured out how to switch it to Google Earth because Google Tour Creator is retiring this summer. But anyway, they get to like see some sites from that country. And then what else? Oh, instruments, right, Ashley? They get to listen to like traditional instruments from that country. So over the course of two weeks, they'll listen to and learn about at least four different 
different countries in their asynchronous lessons, but then in their synchronous lessons, they're also going to learn about different countries because like we have a lesson all about Ghana where they'll be learning Cheche Kule and Sansa Chroma is what I have in my lesson. And they'll be playing with like a drumming website. So like each live lesson is also about a different country. So yeah, it's been really fun to collaborate on that. And then like Ashley made this awesome like passport in Paradac where kids get to stamp their own passport with, you know, whatever country they visited or whatever. So the book. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. So I'm just excited for that one. I feel like if there's anything to look back on, it was it would be that or these virtual performances we've been putting on. That holiday sing-along, I'm not trying to toot our own horn, but we went above and beyond. I mean, the amount of video editing that we put into that, I don't even think people understand what we did. So, but we well, do. Any other music teacher would understand how much you put in. Yeah, right. Literally no one else. <laughs> Yeah. And of course, what did we do? We signed ourselves up for it again in an even harder platform because it's not a sing-along. It's like all video edits. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it is a little bit harder. That's been super fun. I mean, a lot of work, but super fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Sarah, what about you? What activities or ideas have you been the most excited about? I was just thinking, I really like those seesaw lessons that we made for kindergarten. Yeah. Um, I don't know when we go back in person, like if I, I can't see myself using Seesaw all that much, but since our kindergartners are already using that, it was good to learn how to use that. And then it's just so nice for feedback to be able to get, Aileen, you sent out this really nice one about like scat singing and jazz. Mm -hmm. My kids love it. And their scat, they have like press the record button and make their own scat song. And they're so good. And one friend circled the word do, which like you're supposed to scat sing on the word do, but he just sang baby shark <laughs> because he was like, this is my time to shine. So like, imagine a kindergartner making that connection. And he was like, I've done it. Like he was so proud. And you know, for our purposes, like, yeah, you did great. I mean, I wasn't going to send it back to him and say like, could you please scat sing? No, he did a great job and he was in tune with himself and he, yeah, he had fun. So feel the music. He did sing every single verse. That's awesome. Yeah. Ran out the timer. I haven't used that seesaw yet because I'll be using it like in the, you know, the last part of the year. So I'm excited that it went so well for you. And I can link to that in the show notes as well. For those of you who use seesaw so that you can add it to your library. Uh Aileen knows and had a blog post on um, a friend actually that I know from college, Skylar Gardner, who got married and is Tyler Gardner Peets. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce her married name. Anyways, but she sent out these amazing instrument family choice boards. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing those with second through fifth grade and they love them. So those are fantastic. Yeah, I actually saw one of those, Sarah, because I went into the class that I used to have thinking I still had them. And I was like, oh, wait, they're not my class anymore and I, I saw the strings family and I was like where did she get these or did she make them herself this is amazing <laughs> so that's I wish I were that good. No, that's my friend Skylar. She was that amazing in undergrad too. So it's not it's not surprising. Um, She had them all in one document. And so since we're, I think she's teaching in person, whereas we're on online. So I divided them up into just like individual. So like just the string family and it's mm -hmm. one slide. So the kids don't get overwhelmed. But the videos that she put in there are fantastic. And I mean, it's just really great to have kids be introduced to those. Yeah. 
for sure. Every Friday, you know, that I have them for four weeks, they do those. Yeah. Oh, can I say one more thing that I'm yeah, really- for it. Okay, I forgot. Look It has been fantastic. I don't remember where I learned about that, but now that I'm teaching older grades with you guys are, you know, still with your, your little munchkins, I have our older fourth, fifth graders and the website is just so great. And we've been doing like, after they learn about the instrument families, I have an instrument family book it and we've been competing and I'll like, you know, we have live music Tuesday, Thursday, and it's, you know, Monday afternoon. And I hear from kids, they're like typing on our chat of like, I just got a new high score, you know? And I'm like, okay, it's not even your day for music class. And you are messaging the whole class to tell them that like you beat the high score on our instrument families game. (laughs) You're like, keep commenting, make people want to do it. Let's do this. Yeah. So I like post screenshots of the leaderboard and I'm like, I don't know. Can you beat them? They are so into it. That's That's awesome. That's awesome. I need to to explore with that more because we're doing K to two. Like I started looking at it, but because it's not something that I was like, maybe second grade, but yeah, I need to look at that more. I think when you're in person with a second, like maybe second grade and up, I think that would be completely doable. The one thing that I really like, and I actually got my husband, who is also a music teacher, he teaches strings to do, he has been doing note name review. And um, so he only has 12 questions and it's like, you know, here are the note names, but in the game, it cycles through them multiple times. Oh, that's so cool. And so it's like flashcard style. Oh, I got this one wrong last time. Oh yeah, it's F sharp. Or you get it wrong, you know, three times but eventually like they keep cycling back. So it's really good for review in that way. And I want to circle back to your friend Skylar because I have a blog post that I can also link to in the show notes about Carnival of the Animals and her Carnival of the Animals virtual classroom. There's a link to it in there. I got permission from her to share it. So if you click that link, it'll force a copy to your drive and then you can use it. Some of my students are doing that one today too. So mine oh cool i I mean she's just the star of the show right now but she also made uh peter and the wolf one that's really great yeah yeah we love you skylar thank you that's you but you're amazing You don't even like you guys don't even I mean she in in college she was a couple years ahead of me but she was in like this five-year double degree program and so I seriously remember as a freshman people being like well Skylar does this and I was like who who is this person that's awesome she taught me my favorite sugar cookie recipe ever that I still make Aileen, if you want to link that passport book too. Okay. Yeah. We could also link the choice board. That's true. Yeah. Share it all. Yeah. I do need to go through there and switch the links to Google Earth instead of Google Tour Creator, only because after this summer, those links will stop working. But that would be funny if we just said no to sharing and we're doing a podcast on collaboration. Like, no. We're like, we're going to talk about how much we share, but we're not going to share anything. We do not have this. Isn't this awesome? Nobody else gets it. I'm kind of on a whim. Like I'd heard other teachers in upper elementary doing bop or flop because apparently like the youth of the world, I say youths as a funny term of like, I'm just getting old, but I'm not cool enough for this. They play bop or flop. I made a pair deck that we've been playing in class so we can do it. Like I can see their answers live, but they listen to a song and I've been like sneaking in some music that I like a little bit that they're like, I kind of like this, you know, but it's like, 
I've never heard this song before. Is it like pop music that you like, like not classical or jazz or? Yeah, thus far it's been just pop music. Okay, that's so cool. But it's really interesting because like I can see their answers, but they can't, like they're anonymous. So it's not like even if they're the only, you know, it's Pear Deck. So it's like a little red dot that they're moving. Even if they're the only red dot that likes it, it's not, you know, I'm not going to like put them out there and tell everyone who it is. But I don't know if you've had trouble with the standard on like evaluating performances and stuff. I've can never manage to do that in person. I found that's just, you know, to like hear everybody, but I added a little text box on there. And so it's like write one sentence about why you like this mm-hmm. or don't like it. And that's been good. Yeah. I think that this experience this year has definitely taught us a lot about how to bring all of these amazing tools and strategies into future years so that we can get to some of those standards that are really hard to get to typically. So along those lines, what tools or strategies might you use in the future? For collaboration, like thinking about when things go back to quote unquote normal or kind of normal, what tools or strategies are you excited to use? Specifically about collaboration or just in yeah. general? Collaboration or teaching is fine too. I think for collaboration, big Marco Polo fan over here. I'm to- never going to give up our Marco Polo. Never. <laughs> I know. If we ever are like, all right, signing out, I think I'll just cry. I'll go through like a really hard time. <laughs> I don't think I can ever do it. So anyways, that, I just want to keep that going. Yeah. Especially, I think that next year, us keeping that going is going to be so important because we're going to have such a different view of next year than everyone else that's been in person this year. I was talking to my husband this morning about like what we were going to talk about today. And I just told him, I was like, what do I think is so valuable about collaboration is that you have to establish such a vulnerable, safe space. And that's, I think, why people don't collaborate is because they feel like you have to make that first step. And if you don't make that first step, then you're never going to get comfortable collaborating because you're pretty much like putting out your opinions out to the people who know your subject best to be like just judged right back and you don't know how they're going to respond to it. And so we took a lot of time really establishing a trustworthy space. It took a few times too. like we would send messages and be like, no, don't judge me about this opinion. Right. And we do that. And now we're to the point where it's like, that's how I'm feeling today. And I know you don't care. I'm going to be in my like nitty gritty and like gross self, but this is what it is. And there's like no apologies about it anymore. Yeah, that is a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. You almost have to look at it as like, we're not competing with one another. I think that's a lot of the times what stands in people's way is that they're so worried about impressing someone or I think, I don't know, I think it's ingrained in in us as musicians when you think about like chair auditions, you know, or who has the solo or whatever to always be like kind of having a competitive spin on what you're doing. But like with collaboration, it's so important to just set that aside and just really listen to each other with an open heart. But it's also really hard to understand if others will feel that way, you know? So you're like, oh, am I going to be, am I going to open up to this new colleague? And then whoever knows how long that will take, right? Or right. if you have the opportunity. So basically to answer your question is that I want to keep Marco Polo going as long as I can especially with the crew that we've already established yeah. it's just you don't have to do that whole honeymoon phase again it's just like nope this is what we are we're married we're like <laughs> bad and ugly but then if i was to talk about a teaching tool i know we've talked about this over marco polo alien but i'm interested in seesaw and using it in the classroom especially to get that feedback like Sarah, yeah, it's I really... better than allowing every student to have an outlet to perform as an individual without having the pressure of their classmates you know and being able to really truly listen to them as a musician and just hear what they have to say not in the whole group setting but also as an individual setting I don't know and just having that data too is just great yeah I've heard 
kindergartners sing more than I ever have before because it's, yeah. because it's so easy for them just to click the microphone. And I was talking to Ashley about this maybe yesterday that like using Seesaw when you're in person from my understanding is a lot easier because you can simply copy and paste their names from like their class list and you add it. And then when you go to do an activity with them, whether that be in centers or everybody's one-to-one or you're pulling a few students out at a time or whatever to do it, all they have to do is scan a QR code. At least this is my understanding. They scan a QR code, they choose their name and boom, they're in. It's not like this big thing where they have to, you have to send a letter home to parents and they have to sign up for it or anything like that. So I'm still wrapping my mind around what that will look like exactly, but I do really like that tool. And I feel like we also, this isn't really answering a question because you said what tools of collaboration will you bring, but it's one other Zoom thing. I would bring in all of the adapted games Mm -hmm. because all of our games are pretty isolated since they don't have partners, right? They only have themselves and they're not using there's no touch so we were able to really take those games and like move them online which i think will then transition to in person because we'll still be distance we'll probably still have masks and things like that so right yeah what about you sarah tools Um, i hadn't thought about using seesaw like live in a classroom but i mean that sounds really nice trying to think of what else I love the choice board aspect of our asynchronous lesson, how, you know, like you can send out the brass family and they explore the instruments that interest them. And I really like that they get that opportunity. Like kids don't get to choose a lot. I say this as a parent of a toddler who wants to choose everything and gets to choose very little and it doesn't go well. But even elementary students, you know, like sit here, do this, answer these questions. So I like that choice board. And I'm just trying to figure out how, you know, like that would work in a, in centers for sure. But even I've, I've really been liking asking my students, you know, we have 10 minutes left of class and I have them vote on like which activity we should do next. I never thought to do that in person, but what a great way to give them just a little bit of agency and choice because like these are two activities that I've already chosen that would both be acceptable for us. Right. So it's not like, you know, run around screaming and sing a song. It's like, you know, would you rather watch this video of a new song that we're going to learn next week or review this game? But they just really enjoy having that choice. So I think that is coming back to the classroom with me. For sure. Yeah, I know Ashley and I have had a conversation about like what our lessons might look like next year. And it's funny because I also talked to Katie and I also talked to our friend Matt who works in the district and like everybody came to the same conclusion that instead of doing like, and not that all of my lessons were 50 minutes of whole group teaching, but like sometimes they were. So I realized that just seeing this awesome asynchronous independent work from kids that I want to split up my lesson. So like maybe 25 minutes of whole group teaching, we do singing games, we do some literacy stuff, whatever. And then 25 minutes of like, it could be centers, it could be independent work with like one of those choice boards that Sarah talked about or HyperDoc or something just for students to have more choice um, and autonomy in, in what they're doing. I had, I mean, I have the same thing. Like I would say 95% of my lessons before this were whole group the entire time. And it was out of a fear of, you know, I only get these kids once a week. You know, I don't have very much time. I just really need to pack it all in. But it's been eye-opening to see how much they can do on their own. Yes. I also had a fear of not being like on it teaching, you know, always being like in that teacher limelight, you know, you're standing in front of the room and you're the one teaching because if an administrator walks in or things like that, it's just, it's hard to sit back and be comfortable when an administrator comes in and all of your students are like doing their own thing, quote unquote, because they're not really, they're doing things, but it's just weird. But then this year opened my eyes because 
one of the main points in CDL was don't be the center of attention. Like don't be the person on the stage the whole time. Like let the students have voice and let the students feel like they're a part of the class, not just watching a video of you teaching. And it's so true. I think about that and I'm like, oh, I feel like I was like that in the classroom a bunch, you know, look at me, I'm putting on a show, whatever. And all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm just going into next year with the mindset of work smarter, not harder. And like having all these asynchronous lessons or independent lessons, which will be next year, I didn't realize how much value they have. I always thought that it would be me kind of slacking off in a way, but no, it's complete opposite. Right. Yeah. We want to get students to the point where they can like, you know, kind of choose their own path. And we're just like there as a facilitator instead of the sage on the stage or whatever. So yeah, that's definitely been eye-opening. Yeah. I also think counterintuitively, I mean, not like the the pandemic has been hard on everyone, no matter what, but I feel like we have, at least in schools, more of a focus on educator self-care. I feel like after this, if a principal walked by and saw us playing a game or doing individual work, it wouldn't concern me that their first thought was, oh, you're not doing anything. Where that completely was beforehand. But I would also feel okay saying like, oh, I am feeling a little tired today or I just needed, you know, we had a really busy week last week in this class and we needed to take a breather. Or they were doing testing this morning, so we need to move our bodies. You know, just like taking care of ourselves and our kids more. That's been a huge realization this year. I think for everybody, like what you said, which is going to be great because I think everyone will be on the same page with that moving forward. That and never wearing real pants ever again. (laughs) Leggings all the way. Leggings forever. I'm wearing like a jumper. I was already doing that before the pandemic. (laughs) I do feel like it is something more in the music teacher space than in in the classroom teacher space that we feel this guilt to always be on and always be singing and doing and teaching and whatever, where like, if you step into a classroom teacher's classroom, they do have kids at centers. They do have kids doing silent reading. So I feel like in the music teacher space, it's almost ingrained in us that we always have to be like in the spotlight. So it's good for us to step away from that and give students more choice to work on their own because they love that anyway. All right. Well, do you want to talk about what we're consuming? I'll go first. So I love Jimmy Fallon and I watch him pretty often. And this is actually a bit on Jimmy Fallon. I think it's called, I'll have to look it up. I think it's called the random instrument game. Have either one of you seen this? (laughs) I just saw Pete Davidson on Jimmy Fallon doing the random instrument game. So the idea is they take very random instruments. Like some of them I actually do have, like they did a melodica and I do have the melodica. It's like kind of a joke between my husband and I, Scott. Like, a theremin? Yes, they did a theremin too. Yes. So Scott likes to buy me random instruments like for Christmas or like he bought me an auto harp for Christmas, which is not completely random. It's not as random as a theremin. And I got him an Omnichord, which they played on. The- thing that goes- <laughs> okay. I was just thinking about that. And I was like, what's that thing called? And you literally I think it's an omnicord because he heard it on like, he loves my morning jacket. I don't know if either one of you are familiar with my morning jacket, but my morning jacket played the omnicord with one of their songs. And he was like, that is such a cool instrument. So I got him one. So I loved watching this because of that, because we love random instruments, but also like, it was so interesting to watch because they didn't obviously know how to play the instrument. So they're just picking up the instrument and what they were doing is like, like on the theremin or on the omnicord or whatever, or one of them was an up- upright bass. They were playing the rhythm to songs like, like a virgin. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like playing the, the rhythm to the song and then the roots 
I think it was the roots that had to guess what it was, but it was so interesting to figure out like, oh, well, they don't know the notes. They don't know the melody. I almost feel like that would be cool. Like as long as all the songs were appropriate, it would be cool to show a bit of that to students and be like, how are they figuring out which song it is? Yeah. Because, like, are they playing the right notes? You know what I mean? Like it mm -hmm. would just kind of be an interesting activity. So that was just a hoot to watch. I really enjoyed that. I love that. I didn't even think about that, using it for student observation and being Yeah, like, like I probably wouldn't play like a virgin for them, but like I would probably pick out like a song that they knew that was appropriate, you know, and be like, okay, how are they figuring this out? Yours is yours went full circle back to teaching. I've just been watching Love Island. <laughs> like the worst part. Well, no, we established this in the beginning. I was like, I I like reality TV. Do you guys like reality TV? And both of you are like, yes. And so no, I actually am finished with that. I actually got on the train. Of us finished so Love Island? Aren't there like a thousand episodes? Yeah. <laughs> what is the premise behind Love Island? I don't oh know. Oh my gosh. It's and where do you watch it? Um, it's on Hulu. So it's basically all of these people who just go there to find love and they match up with each other and they couple up and they do all these challenges and then they get like voted off by not it's not really like survival style but they get voted off by like the public and things like that so but like, um here's in not live time but like see episodes and then decide who leaves yes yeah it's in live so the hulu the ones on hulu are like way pre-recorded you know that they, they they're old the last season was right before um everything broke out so 2019 i think is the last one so yeah i finished all of them but no i've been on survivor i know i went back into survivor so i went back to the first season i watched that a long time ago <laughs> you know what's so funny is on the second season i laughed so hard one of their rewards was a outback internet cafe and i was like oh cool they'll get to skype their family oh no 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 they were texting, like messaging their family. And that was like their reward was to send a message via the computer. And it was like this big to do. And all the people in the challenge are like one finger pressing. And like, yeah. it, made me, it made me really think if I had to bring my experiences full circle, this is it. It made me think about everything that we're doing then looking at them realizing like oh my gosh this new thing i can press a button and like a letter pops up and i mean i don't even think i was born i know that's why it just made me feel right. so, like, i was an adult watching the first season <laughs> yeah, of the survivor young are you <laughs> me and wasn't I was it like 99 2000 okay, no 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 okay i was alive i wasn't al <laughs> i was like alive but not alive if that makes sense i was I mean, you can fact check my survivor knowledge because i don't know if i've ever watched but I definitely remember seeing it on TV. I'm just going to say it was, it was a big it, deal. Yeah. It was like in the 90s. Let me see. Survivor. I'm definitely looking it up right now. Survivor season one. It is. Oh, okay. Just kidding. It's 2000. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, was, okay. I, was, I was a solid first grader. So. <laughs> and I was a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> was I your student? Who knows, right? <laughs> Somewhere in between. Yeah, right. But that's what I'm consuming lately. Other than that, just I, I don't watch a lot of TV because I'm training a lot. So yeah, awesome. working out. But so I yeah I train a bunch. So that's what I do. But um and then also TikTok. Yes. I'm gonna say it for the people in the back. Listen, I tried. I tried hard for like two weeks. I tried to watch TikTok and I can't do it. There's too much happening. There's a lot. There's I like the animal TikToks. If I can, if they can just give me animal TikToks, like Jenna, my 17 year old and I will send animal TikToks back and forth to each other. But like, I can't spend very long on TikTok before I'm like, and I'm done. 
oh, I can spend so long on it because I oh. have an addictive personality. But my only saving grace for TikTok right now is that So Long song from Out of the Box, which is trending now on TikTok. The one that I'm recording, having the kids record. So the yeah. end of the year performance. Yeah, the the year. You're saying words and I know your words, but I don't know what you're talking about. So it's the song I sing after every class. I've been singing it since I started teaching. It's a so long, farewell to you, my friends. Goodbye. And that's the goodbye song, but it's from a TV show called Out of the Box. And the story is that the guy on there, the, the male actor, his daughter is on TikTok people found out that it was the daughter because she posted like, hey, I'm the daughter of this guy, you know him? And the whole entire, what am I? I'm a millennial. Uh, yeah, that generation was like, oh my gosh, my life's been changed. This was like my childhood, blah, blah, blah. And they all come out of the woodworks of TikTok because all millennials are just in the background of TikTok stalking people. We don't create content. We just watch everything. And so they all came out and were like, oh, I know. And like comment, comment. And then he got a TikTok because he had, his daughter had so much praise that he ended up getting one. And then just about like two weeks ago, he posted TikTok saying, hey, duet me and be saying the goodbye song. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what if I take my students that are like 900 of them in this video that I make and duet him with it? Ah, so cool. We'll see. It's just exciting. Don't put your students on. Well, I guess it would be no, there. No, I wouldn't. It would be like a, hey, listen to this. I it wouldn't be their faces at all. No way. <laughs> it took me a second to realize how you would actually do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. I'm a good awesome. team. All right. Well, Sarah, what do you consume? Yeah, Sarah. Okay. So my consumption of anything is between the hours of 730 <laughs> after I put my hooligan children to bed <laughs> and whenever I pass out, which is often like 915. So it's not very long. But a neighbor introduced me to a show called Taskmaster. I've heard of that. It is. Uh, okay. First of all, I love British shows. British. But I, um, it is a British comedy show and that it's like a live format, but they, there's in each series they have on five comedians. And then in every episode, they give them a series of tasks to do. And like the tasks are pre-recorded. Okay. The first one was, you know, like they open this card and it says, eat as much watermelon as you can in one minute. And then they enter the room and it's like, a whole watermelon. And so they're like, I have one minute. You know, anyways, um, what was another one? Oh, my favorite one from the latest episode I watched. There was a whole pineapple and the task was conceal this entire pineapple on your person. None of it can be thrown away. And then they had um, one of the hosts of the show. They stood on a spinning platform and the hosts of the show guessed like different parts of their body. And the most wrong guesses won. Oh, <laughs> was like, Do you have pineapple in your right shirt sleeve? And he was like, yes, I do. <laughs> And I think they had maybe like 10 minutes to conceal the pineapple. So they like cut it up in different parts and then like cellophaned it to their body. It was just, it was. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Have you seen the episode where they're like camouflage yourself? And no. It's like this picture and they have to do this editing. I think it's a longer task. I don't, I didn't watch it on the show. I watched it like a clip like a video and it's like a picture and it's a kitchen and there's like tables all set there's a little fruit bowl and everything and the other comedians have to guess where they're camouflaged in the picture and this one guy dressed himself up in all this yellow stuff and he's just laying in the fruit bowl as the banana <laughs> they have to like zoom into the picture to see where he is it's so funny I love that I show check that out that sounds super fun what's it on oh, and it's all on YouTube like that's my only bummer because oh, okay. I pay for premium YouTube but it's on there for free I have okay. YouTube TV so hopefully that'll work 
Oh, and it worked. I mean, like, I don't, I just have it on a, like, we have a Roku attached to our TV. Oh, and yeah, it's really fun. It's so good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was so fun to talk to you about collaboration. I have so enjoyed getting to know both of you and collaborating with both of you this year. It's been awesome. Thank you, Aileen. Yeah, yeah it's been great. Thanks, Aileen. Thank Thanks you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.